0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So, I've discovered customers from Pluto and I'm I'm really upset about them.
1: Really? Well, that sounds like really anti-Plutonian. What's, what, what do you have against customers from Pluto? Well, nothing, but um, none of the people that my customers and my
0: clients and the people I talk to serve are on Pluto. So I think they should go to, to consultants on Pluto and, and they shouldn't come to me. And we should make sure that we don't write user stories that are designed for customers from Pluto. So that, that's, that's what I discovered this week.
1: Oh, I see. So Pluto's outside of the target market of who you're working with. Yeah, unfortunately, shipping costs are too high. <laughs> what do you mean by customers from Pluto? Who are these people? how did you come across them.
0: Well, well, well let me uh, give you a user story. And I, I feel terrible because the poor person who wrote this, I, I, I don't want to give them a hard time. I've anonymized it. And if they happen to listen to this podcast, I'm not in any sense saying that this person is bad for writing this user story. And this is so common and so painful uh, that I just wanted to use an example. So here's a user story I encountered this this week. Uh, as a user, when accessing my service, I want to be displayed an intuitive environment that clearly houses all the information I need. Mm. And I have never met a customer who talks that way. If I walk up to a, a hundred or a thousand or a million people on earth, I don't think any of them will in, be interested in accessing their service, displaying an intuitive environment, or housing
1: information. Ah, okay. I see what you're saying. The, the, the key thing, you're, it sounds like you're, you're honing in here, is that people don't talk this way. And that it doesn't capture how people feel
0: and and what they actually want from their service. It's getting dangerously close to as a database. I want to constrain the um, uh, and normalize my data or something like
1: that. That we did talk about that problem with user stories uh, back in July which we, we a session on user stories gone wrong. Uh, which I remember. I was, yep. Yeah, we will we'll talk about that. But so you're saying this is in a sense getting close to. Um, People have a, a solution in mind, and, and the same way there, we talked about how people might have technical tasks they want to do, and so t- they make it okay to do them because they go and write "quote unquote" technical user stories. In here, someone it sounds like that you think they have a, a maybe a solution in mind, and therefore they've invented these customers from Pluto who 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 want that thing. Is that is that what's happening?
0: Possibly, but, you know, it's actually really hard to tell in this case. So um, one of the things that that you reminded me about is that Alistair Coburn, I'm not sure if he invented user stories, but he said one of the smart things about them, which is a user, a user story or a card is an invitation to a conversation. It's it's a, a promise to have a conversation. And, and this one certainly invites a conversation. <laughs> There's no question <laughs> about that. Uh, so a conversation is very helpful um but the the problem is that i can't tell even where to start that conversation because i don't know what problem this is solving i don't know this user i can't empathize with it i can't understand it so uh in the actual situation the the person is is uh indeed in this kind of feature factory environment where uh there's a a long list of things that someone hands to this um, product manager and by the way it was all the product managers in their in their team who were who were doing it this way um I've just picked on this one because it was so clear that the, the, there's people who in, in the business who hand over a list. I'm sure our listeners are very familiar with this kind of situation. And the product manager goes, OK, great. Let me write a story for each item in the list. So there is, uh-huh. ele- there is an element of that kind of retrofitting. But when I had a conversation with this person, I found out something really interesting, that this person really had somebody in mind when she wrote this story. In fact, she had herself, she had herself in mind. So she was thinking that she herself had this problem, whatever problem it was that she was trying to get to, and and once we managed to talk about uh, who she was, uh, a busy mother, uh, lots of things to do, uh, and what problem she had, which was and the specific problem that she came up with, which was really really helpful, uh, was that she had bought a new car and she wanted to update car information on this website it has something to do with cars. I'm, I'm not going to go into the details, and that was really helpful because I could I could immediately empathize busy mother okay I'm not a mother uh, but I'm pretty busy and I know lots of busy mothers they're from earth right they're not from Pluto so (laughs) I understand them and I bought a new car recently and I had to update a bunch of stuff and that was a pain and so I can really empathize with that problem. And so I could also imagine the the emotions because we, we, I got her to to talk about what the emotions were that, that went into this. And she said, well, I'm frazzled and I'm nervous that maybe what I want to do with my car won't work. I'll turn up and it'll be embarrassing because the people expect the old car and it'll be the new car. And uh, uh, I'm going to be really happy and I'm going to have a sense of ease when, if, if I can go in and update the car information and it'll be simpler for me and I could immediately empathize. I I knew what she was talking about. I have had experiences where I was frazzled and upset and embarrassed that something hadn't worked. And I've had experiences where something was easy and and simple and I had joy in the the experience of updating something because it was so simple. Mm. So that was really helpful to get to that and have the conversation.
1: So it's it's, it's interesting here because the conversation worked. So if we, I guess in one sense we could say, it, no, no harm, no foul. You know, if we if we looked at this as simply um, a, a placeholder for a conversation, and we're going to have a stack of of cards, uh, and you know, go through them together, you know, great. Now, now we we we've had that conversation. But that, but it's still, you, I can see that you've you've kind of honed in on something here. Well, first of all, we we both have seen these kind of stories. That, as I said, it looked like they had a solution in mind and were retrofitted. And I I think part of the problem here is it's, it can be very easy for people to. Skip the conversation, and and just just take the cards as um, yes we put them in user story but that's you know, we, we're not really using it as user stories we're not really trying to develop empathy and someone's going to read that and they go okay I see you want all the information together in an intuitive user interface I'll just go do that we don't need to have the conversation
0: and and in fact somebody outside the this person's team had gone through their backlog and gone through all the information this this was one of many reasons that they brought me in and why we were talking because this person had gone through and said, I don't understand any of this. I have no idea why we're wasting our money on any of this stuff. But uh-huh. I'm confident if this person had read, uh, um, busy mother uh, frazzled, wants to update her car registration, uh, that person would have said, hallelujah, hey, why, why haven't we built that already? Why haven't we made that simple and, and easy for that person to update their car reg?
1: Okay, I really like where this is going now. In part because we can come back here to sort of the, the symptoms here, because I, I think getting that um, that story is going to generate very different reactions, different dynamics in different teams. And it sounds—I would say that maybe you have a team where where people say, "Look, I I don't understand this. Let's have a conversation." And they have that conversation, and they go, "Okay, I get it now." When things are when when, when the team is functioning well, this kind of shorthand in the user stories might be benign. Oh, absolutely. The the, the problem comes is they're, they're, you may not have those dynamics happening already. And the story format is supposed to help encourage those conversations. In, in this case, it sounds like it's not really doing that work. I, I had a couple thoughts that come to mind about it. Cause you, one element you mentioned was, it sounds like even if instead of as a user kind of starting here, we could have given a little bit more uh, depth to that user. When we were first when we were first hearing about this, I actually thought, oh, well, this is why we use personas. Because the persona of that, you know, busy, harried, frazzled, nervous person, um, you know, can say, Oh, well, you know, here we we have we have Nick, our our hairy, frazzled, nervous uh, uh, user. And um uh, when when Nick goes to use a site, he's he's nervous about what's gonna happen. And so therefore we need a, a calming, reassuring interface for him. Um one of the reasons for personas is to carry some of that um, um, emotional context, so that you can actually imagine someone more clearly um, identify that story with with some human needs. I guess a shorter version was simply you could have said as a nervous user. <laughs> you it, what made sense to you. There's a key element here, which was the emotional context.
0: Exactly. And it, it actually turned out that what that what I was uh, strongly encouraging this group of product managers to do was to identify actual people. They don't have personas. And they were noticing some of them who've, who've worked in other places with the, the same uh, uh, job role said, yeah, we used to have these personas at the other place and we don't seem to have them here. I said, that seems useful, but look, let's take a shortcut. Let's talk about actual people because they're in the lucky circumstance where they're selling to people who are like themselves. So this particular person could say, well, I'm a busy mother and I would really like to update my car re- registration. She could have empathy herself. Some of us work in situations where the, our customers are very distant from us. Maybe not Pluto, but they, they are certainly <laughs> people who, who don't think like us or, or it's harder for us to identify them. And personas are useful in both cases, uh, because there's always some differences and it's useful to have common language. But for these guys, I could take a shortcut and say, all right, so instead of saying as a user, you're going to say as this person, it has to be a real person. I have to be able to go and find them and say, hey, you, uh, do you want to display an intuitive environment that houses information? Or do you want to update your car registration? And um, (laughs) that will help me and them to create the empathy
1: i think you've described it as a shortcut i think it is a good starting point for people to make sure that they have at least one human <laughs> that that uh, um wants that there is there is a danger with that which is that they they start uh, um stop seeing the differences between themselves and others which i think is actually kind of relevant here because part of what happened in creating that card uh, that story was in a sense the the person who wrote it you know almost certainly felt like it was already completely clear and completely intuitive. you, you could just read it because that they weren't reading the text on the card they were you know they were you know as we, we've talked before that when when people are speaking they they don't actually hear the words they say they 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 are um, actually uh, aware of their intent, what their what their emotional inner inner life is. And the words are kind of a partial expression of that. And so I think, and this is one of the the challenges in writing um, any sort of document, uh, which is that we are uh, reading our own words with the context in our head. We read our intent along with (laughs) with the words on the page. And and that in this kind of story design can lead to problems where a team is um, designing for real people, just not the people who they're hoping to sell to. So there's a, a bit of a danger in there. If you call it a shortcut, I think it's a, it's very fine as a sort of starting point, uh, um, but it can be, it, it, it has its own sense, uh, set of uh, pitfalls in going that that route. Absolutely. And in this case, what I'm just trying to do is get this
0: uh, group of product managers to think very differently. And they're they're in a culture which is not encouraging that they're in a feature factory culture, which wants to change. So the the organization has me in to to help them to change. And I'm sure that we will. So that shortcut helps me tactically, but you're right, it could have a longer term effective. If, if that was the only thing they did, they'd just build software that worked for them. And that would probably not help. You're also exactly right that that's how this person was thinking. She said, yeah, it's obvious. I, I know all kinds of people were like this. I said, can you name one? She said, well, me. And then we had a, a <laughs> helpful conversation. So she clearly was thinking, well, I have this problem. Everybody else must know about this problem. These words must encode that problem. And it didn't quite work. But the thing I'd expect and the, the benefit, one of the reasons I was going to this length and one of the reasons I was on fire to talk about this today is that not only does this unlock understanding for the person and for people within the team and for people outside the team to say, yes, I understand why you're building that, but also it opens you up to new and different solutions. So as we talked about this problem, once we understood it was about car registration and updating and having a new car and and really understanding uh, the emotions of uh, nervousness and frazzledness and, and ease and joy, if you could get it right, we thought of different solutions. So, for uh-huh. example, it, it could be that there's some kind of feed that could tell you that uh, people have bought a new car or maybe there's some other route by which you could discover that someone has bought a new car. So what if she got a text message that said, hey, we noticed you bought a new car. Click here to update to use your new car. Have you kept your old car? You know, do you want to have two? And uh, if she got that, then it would be even more ease and joy, right? She could do that without even logging on to the application without doing anything. And it would be, lead to a completely different solution to the one that she had in her mind as she wrote the story, having been fed something uh, to do and having the kind of intuitive sense that, that she knew what, uh, what needed to be done.
1: Uh, it's brilliant, and I love it. we've come full circle. I I hadn't known about that. You 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 told me you had uh, the problem of customers from Pluto, but you hadn't told me where that had had gone. And and I think that's fantastic because it does show that the the point here of the user stories is to have the conversation, and you run into problems when you assume that you already know the answer when you're just using them as tasks and it's and uh, yep we've been told to do this thing i need i i'm going to use write this user story but it's really it's not a placeholder for a conversation it's a placeholder just to say yeah do that thing that we were told to do <laughs> it's yep. not not very generative you're not you're not really engaging the brain and and being creative and in, in, and when we go and say look our our customers we don't want the ones from Pluto and we don't want to be limited to the ones around the table <laughs> We 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 need we need somehow customers that are a middle distance away, like they're outside of the building, but they're but they're still on the planet, and then and then start thinking about their scenario. And what happens when you started talking about not the feature you're going to implement, but what their what that person needed, what their what their uh, human needs were, what the scenario was, what they were trying to avoid, what they what their aspirations were. Now you now you became creative. You're in a much more creative, interesting space than simply you know a, a task list checklist. You know, did have we have we taken the task and converted it into a user story so that we can put it into our backlog? Yep. So it could could suggest a couple of tests that
0: you can apply to your user stories. So, first of all, are there any humans who think this way? You could read it to some some random humans who who aren't in the building and, and see if any of them recognize the language and, and recognize and empathize with the problem. And then you can also check to see does it lead to some creative thoughts, thoughts? Is there only one solution that could possibly fit for your user story? Or are there many? I don't know whether this team is actually going to build something. I don't even know if it's possible to get The text message that says you just bought a new car. But it certainly is open to that possibility, which the first one uh, is not. And so those are a couple of tests that uh, maybe listeners could try.
1: Yeah, I really really like that. And I I think your first test seemed, would would anyone talk this way? And certainly just wordsmithing, so it sounds like normal human language uh, seems like a really good first step towards building empathy. Uh, And and, and this also goes back to this idea of of, um, the feature factory and what the problems of the feature factory people sort of alienation from their work um which is they don't they don't feel connected to what people are doing and so are we are we having exciting conversations about humans and humans what they need and what they want uh, and if not then you're you're probably falling a bit short There we go. Well, if listeners apply those tests
0: to their stories and come up short or don't agree with our tests or or think that they do have customers on Pluto, we'd certainly like to hear from them, maybe even from Pluto. You can find us on conversationaltransformation.com and email and Twitter and pretty much everything else you can think of is up there. And of course, we also like it when you come back and listen to us again. We're here pretty much every Wednesday. You can click the subscribe button and whatever you're using, and you'll get to hear us again. Thanks, Jeffrey.
1: Thanks, Coral.